Hey, what's up, everybody? This week, I am so very, very fortunate to have the opportunity to speak with Allie Chapel. Allie is an actor. She is a writer, director, and producer. Um, her short film, Verified, is currently on the festival circuit. Um, so please, please, please check out this conversation. Allie is wonderful. This is episode 91 of Untenure Tracks. part because i am really excited about this role that i just got cast in and i can't say too much about it's a possession horror film and i'm gonna be the lead in it and i have 10 days to kind of get all my shit together and then i'm heading up to sault st marie in northern ontario to film for three weeks straight and i'm very excited to be on set again and hopefully covid doesn't ruin this yeah for real um so gosh what what is even your approach to this i mean this sounds like i don't have any kind of acting experience myself so how what's your what's your approach to your craft how are you gonna how are you gonna get this taken care of so this is based off of a book that's a like a stupidly hard to find book but i managed to find it i just got the notification on my phone that it's at the bookstore so i'm gonna go pick up that today and then power read that and then i have my trusty binder here where you can't like see anything but I go through and mark off every page in blue tabs that I have dialogue in. And then uh -huh. I haven't finished yet. So all the pages that have white tab or yellow tabs are scenes that I'm just in, but have no dialogue. So I break everything down like that first, just so I can kind of like get a sense of where I'll be in the structure of the movie. And then I start doing like real solid digging. Like I'm going to research the crap out about whatever occult situation this might be. Mm -hmm. what type of possession i'm gonna learn more about demons i already know a crap ton about the church because i came from a religious family so like mm -hmm. that work is done and then it's just, <laughs> it's just memorizing and like coaxing my friends into reading scripts with me so that i can get off book faster <laughs> yeah that's so exciting so again I've, I've said this several times today already privately congratulations but again congratulations i know I, I have followed you on Twitter for a while, and so I see the uh, the grind. <laughs> that you oh my god! Put yeah, in. Twitter so, is like the worst place to follow me on because I'm like, oh, everything's so great. Oh, I'm gonna kill myself. Oh, super awesome day. Everyone's the worst. Like it's just so <laughs> unbelievably up and down. Like Twitter is where I go to just vent all my shit. <laughs> well, having seen that for a while, the highs and lows, uh, it, it's, I'm very um, happy for you. So, you. Very uh, uh, you've also um, written and directed your own stuff too, right? Yeah, I just uh, midway through the pandemic, I had all these ideas floating around for so long, and I kept like, I'm not a writer in a way. Like, I've written for like like articles and stuff, but I've never mm -hmm. written like a script. So I kept mm -hmm. trying to find someone to write this script for me, and then during the pandemic, I was like okay, fuck it. I'm just going to write this myself and hopefully it's fine. <laughs> and then like got a little group of misfits together and 
we filmed it in like two days. And then my editor was like, when do you need this by? I'm like two weeks because I have to get into one specific film festival, which was the Salem horror fest. Mm-hmm. And we got in and we won the jury prize, which I was like so excited about and did not see coming. Like I had very low expectations for this. Just like mm-hmm. first film. It's like the first pancake. He always kind of throw it away. <laughs> so it was fun to kind of dive in on that. And then not too long afterwards, I had spent a couple months writing this feature script called Malediction that we got a little bit of funding for and we filmed it back in like Thanksgiving, like Canadian Thanksgiving. So like midway through October mm-hmm. and now it's in post-production. And I feel like I did that thing where as a first time filmmaker bit off way more than I could chew and was like, what? I made this successful short film. I can definitely make a feature. That's like the same thing. And turns out it's not. And now I'm like five months into post-production and I'm just like, okay, what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) But hopefully like it will end up being something pretty decent by the end. I don't know if it's going to still be a feature. I think Mm -hmm. where I'm leaning with it is I think it will flow better if I like, condense it down into maybe like a longer short film Mm -hmm. and then maybe use that as like a concept like a concept short to kind of Mm -hmm. pitch it to maybe get a little bit of extra funding just to reshoot a couple of things and maybe like pad it out in a way that flows better but i'm still really psyched with like what we have like my dop is like fresh out of college and Mm -hmm. i met him randomly through like my buddy is a I want to say he's a teacher at the college. I should know we're friends. Like this just proves that I'm a shitty person, but he works for a college. And I was like, Hey, you got a DOP for me. <laughs> and he sent me Jared and I'm like, Oh, Jared, you're like my guy for life. I love you so much. <laughs> and he came with just like, I was expecting, cause I've done so many like run and gun, low budget shoots that like, I was expecting like, two lights one camera and then that was kind of it and he shows up like with a like a crate of things just being like all right let's set everything up and i'm like cool i definitely know what all of this is (laughs) sure (laughs) (laughs) he was a huge huge help i feel like i probably wouldn't have been as successful without him because there was a lot of times where like we'd be setting up a shot and i would he, he would be like do you like this and i'm like I yeah yes is do you like it does this look good for you you're a you have a better eye than I do I'll just I'll work with the actors (laughs) so he had to put up with a lot of me not really knowing there's a lot of moments where he'd be like okay rolling then everyone would be silent for like a minute and he'd be like you have to say action and I'm like oh yeah that's me (laughs) That's funny. I was going to ask you about making that transition to behind the camera and what's that, what that's been like for you. Oh, it was, it was interesting. Like I have never really directed before, mm-hmm. but I'm like super bossy and have control issues. So I feel like it helps. <laughs> uh, and I'm also like aggressively organized as I just showed you with like even yeah. just scripts and stuff. So it was, definitely different it was nice to 
be doing something the entire day. Whereas like when you're an actor, like you'll get there, you'll be in hair and makeup and then you'll sit around for a couple hours and then you'll shoot for a little bit and then you'll sit around for a bit. But mm-hmm. when you're like a director on set. You're like, cool. I don't get a break. I'm going to deal with everything that's going on. We're going to put out all the fires as they happen. We're going to like change things on the fly. And because I did almost everything on this film and on like on verified and on malediction, mm-hmm. like there was no sitting down. Mm-hmm. It was just like, go, go, go all day long, especially with Malediction, because we were, I don't know how familiar you are with Ontario, but we were up in like the Renfrew County. So there is nothing like there was one chip truck that was open for a bit. And then they closed like a day into shooting. So we had like, we only had the catered food and like the insane Costco run I did before. And I was like, ooh, I hope you like, please take food home with you when you go back to the Airbnb, because there is nothing out here. But we had such a small crew that I was doing everything and didn't sleep. And I think after five days, I was like, I don't think I'm safe to drive anybody home, but we're going to because (laughs) only the other person with a license has the other car and okay, let's do this. Let's just get jacked up on Red Bull and do this. (laughs) So I will say like, it's definitely like ups and downs. Mm -hmm. To both. I will say like being an actor, there's a lot of downtime, which is good for me because I like to like go over my lines and maybe find my co-stars and like rehearse with them or like talk to people and kind of get the vibe of the scene or like walk around the space and kind of see where I would like where I would put myself and then see mm-hmm. if it matched where the director would put me. Mm-hmm. But being on the other side, it's like there's just there's no stopping. You're like eating your dinner while you're going over script notes with your producer and you're like DOP being like, okay, we can do this shot today, this shot today, this shot today. We're going to flip these scenes tomorrow. We're going to do this now. Maybe just cut out this character entirely because they're not needed. And I'm like, okay, yes. <laughs> There's a lot of me being like a full-blown panic attack for a bunch of days. <laughs> that sounds so incredible. Minus the panic attack part uh-huh. of it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so we're, so, so far in your, in your directing career, like, have you been tempted to put yourself back in front of the camera and like act in your own stuff? Yes. That's what I did with Malediction, okay. which I feel was maybe not the best idea, mm-hmm. not because of like performance or anything, but because when you're in front of the camera and behind the camera and doing so much shit behind the scenes and you're in such a time crunch and like you're losing light, I felt that. Looking back on some of the footage, I was like, fuck, how did we miss that? How did we miss small continuity things? How did we mm-hmm. miss, like, the door is clearly already open, so why is she fumbling with her keys? Like, yeah, just shit like that. And if I do it again, I think I would have to bring on just, like, a couple more crew members just to take some pressure off of me so I don't have to do more stuff behind the camera. Yeah. Which if, like, originally I was supposed to do a couple short films this month, but because I signed on to this feature film, all that's getting pushed to like May, June. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what I'm doing where I'm only going to direct and I'm only going to act. I'm yeah. not going to do like everything else behind the scenes if I can avoid it. Yeah. But also I'm a control freak, so I'm going to end up doing everything else anyways. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I get that I paid you to do this role, but like, uh, I'm, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a quality you need to have though to, to make stuff happen, right? Exactly. So can we just talk, like, can we go back to the beginning of this a little bit? And I'm, I'm always curious about, like, um, how do people get into the stuff that they're doing and, like, the work that they're doing? So I, I'm genuinely curious, like, what, what is it about horror specifically that, that has drawn you to it so much? 
horror has kind of always just been like this beautiful through line throughout my entire life. And like, okay, I, I say that it's not my like entire being, but like you can see my room and like, it's very much got a stronghold on my life. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think it all started with VHS box covers mm -hmm. and just going to the video store and walking up and down the aisles. And they were always the most interesting. And you always just rented films based on what that cover art was. And like, there's the ones that I vividly remember. Like, I always remember the, the Dead Alive one with like the mouth and the creature inside. And yep. like the April Fool's Day one where she has her like hair and like a nice little braided noose. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, like those movies always spoke to me. So then when I was a bit older and we started having like sleepovers, I was like the weird girl who was like, okay, here are all the horror movies that I brought that we're all gonna watch tonight. <laughs> and I like became very much that girl. <laughs> and then it kind of just followed me throughout the mm -hmm. years. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like my main focus for a long time, but it was always what I just kind of did. Mm -hmm. Like if I was like, I went to school for um, singing, dancing and acting. Mm -hmm. So I was like the one girl in my class with like my ballet tights and my leotards and my shoes wearing like literally this shirt. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just kind of always been there for me. And that's kind of when I started, like when I got out of college, I got way more into the quote unquote horror community in Toronto. And yeah. started meeting more and more people. I ended up like interning with Rumorg magazine while I was still in college. So I had this weird duality of like being like, I don't want to preface dance as being like super girly, but like it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'd be going from like having my like high bun and like my pink like leotards and then going right from there into Rumorg and wearing that same outfit in Rumorg and being like, yes, let's write about horror. Let me reorganize all your magazines. <laughs> So I was always in a weird place where, like, I weirdly kind of did, like, I, I fit in at room more, but felt weird because I was, like, in my ballet gear. And then in ballet class, I felt weird because I'm wearing, like, my hoodies that have, like, monsters on them. <laughs> always kind of, like, walking that margin, which is, like, something that horror does really well, right? I mean, it's, that that's such a, a part of the appeal of, of, I think, genre stuff in general is for, for folks like us who are, <laughs> kind of uh not fitting in exactly right? We're all just a bunch of misfits <laughs> for our place <laughs> so um how much more can we can we mind this so uh what do you what do you hope to like what kind of stories do you want to tell what what sorts of of genres within horror are you are you like what gets you excited i guess oh we know, so verified <laughs> verified obviously is a is a a, a zombie story um, and it's very much a, like a commentary on like social media and our need for yeah. blah, 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 all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, the main thing that I really want to do, and I'm like, I'm, I'm figuring it out. Like I have a script that's like 80% done that I have to like finish and then tweak and then tweak again and then tweak yep. again and, you know, go through that whole process. But full disclosure, I fucking love romantic comedies i think they are just so great sometimes it's nice to just watch a movie and be like ah oh, they're in love and they're gonna end up together and be together forever and this is beautiful so i'm gonna i'm figuring out a way to like make like a romantic comedy that's set in the realm of like a horror story 
Mm-hmm. And that's like my main goal is <laughs> like, I'm going to make this work and it's going to be good. And it's going to hopefully be, I'm going to say funny because it would be weird if it was very serious. Yeah. And truly like there isn't enough horror comedies. Like I know there's a bunch, but like if you're putting it up against any other like subgenre within horror, I feel like horror comedies, there's like 10 good ones. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of like calling out bad work, but I also want to write horror comedy stuff and uh it's such a hit or miss <laughs> thing like Yeah, sometimes they don't land properly or like they lean yeah too far into like either side of that genre and you just you gotta find that nice little like sweet spot yeah yeah i mean sometimes and like i don't know for me jokes that don't land in horror comedies are are somehow more painful than jokes that don't land in any other kind of movie right because they're like cringy and like whenever something is so cringe that you like don't even want to be in the room as that movie you're like oh my god why would you and I, I can just imagine the writer thinking like, this is, this is so clever and so witty and like, you need to workshop that, bro. <laughs> that was fully executed. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't, that didn't work out, but there are gems out there. And I mean, everybody uh, well, goes to Shaun of the Dead as kind of the. Oh, Shaun of the Dead's a big one. Like, I always go to um, Tucker and Dale versus evil. Yep. I love that one. I love that one. That's like one of my all time favorites. And oh my god, I'm like looking at my movie collection, being like, "What's the other one that I always go to?" Now that my my brain my brain is blank. Yeah. I don't know. I can't read any of these titles right now. <laughs> <laughs> Recording a podcast has a way of making people's brains just like evaporate. It happens to me all the time. Oh, same. Literally, someone's <laughs> like, "Hey, what's your favorite movie?" And I'm like, "I've never watched a movie before." Yeah, what what is this moving? What is a movie? Talking about? <laughs> I'm not into the talkies. <laughs> um Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein another I love the old Abbott and Costello movies they're so good I'm I have so many of them on VHS because that's like what I grew up with so I like never yeah. got rid of them I like that you still have a VHS collection I <laughs> fucking love like I had some from when I was growing up but like you get rid of them over the years and then yep. beginning of the pandemic I like started hanging out with people who did a lot of VHS collecting and I was like you're right. Why aren't we rebuying this amazing physical media? It's so much fun. The poster art's so good on it. Like, this yep. is why I liked horror in the first place. Why would I not go back to it? Yep. Yeah, I've been doing something like I've been doing something similar, just building up a, another physical library, not with VHS. Um, but we have strangely several VCRs in my house. <laughs> They're just that's, that. that's been around. You never know when you're gonna need one. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but it's, but you're right. It's so, it's so nice to have physical copies of stuff to see the, to see the cover art and just, I don't know, there's something different about being able to hold it yourself instead of just getting the VOD, you know? True. And like, I love the whole routine of like sitting there and watching all the old like previews show up and all the old, like really (laughs) old FBI content stuff where you're like, (laughs) good job, FBI. You really stopped us from pirating. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then like having like when you're done to having to sit there and rewind the entire movie like i just love the the ritual of it yeah the fbi thing is funny i a couple of weeks ago i i was talking to one of my classes about this because i was watching what was it son of frankenstein mm, that had yeah. the fbi the fbi uh uh piracy is not a victimless crime thing 
<laughs> and then I was thinking about it, like, typically I, I mostly am like, agree with that, but who's still around from Son of Frankenstein that, is, that would be harmed if I, if I pirated this film? I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think uh, Bella Lugosi's estate would really... Yeah, I don't think they're really going to give a shit. I don't, yeah. They're like, hey, thanks for watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep the old man in, in your thoughts, right? Like, <laughs> keep putting that out there. So I don't know. It just, it, it was, it's funny to me that, that all of that. It's just, I've lost. See, like the podcast has, has caused my brain to malfunction for a second. That's but truly collecting physical media is the best because like, even for small things, like when I first moved into this apartment, because I've only been here for about a year, mm -hmm. uh, it took like a week to get my internet hooked up. And fun fact about Netflix and Crave and all that stuff, they all run through your internet. So it's like, well, I don't have cable anymore because it's not the 90s. And all I had were, <laughs> you know, DVDs and Blu-rays and like VHS tapes. And I'm like, this is why we need physical media. Mm -hmm. Because we're like, what if the internet decides to like, what if Rogers decides to crap out their internet for a week again? Like, mm -hmm. then what? <laughs> yeah. And like companies like Amazon have said that when you purchase stuff digitally, you don't actually own it. They consider it like a long-term lease. Exactly. So, theoretically, like they could, they could wipe out your entire library today and you have no legal uh, method to, to protect yourself at all. I bought which is, which is insane like I it mean, truly is and I bought so much crap on Google Play that like truly only because it wasn't anywhere else yeah like I could like it wasn't ever it was never available on like DVD or anything to buy so the only place I really could buy it was there and I'm just like man if Google Play ever goes under I'm just never gonna have this and I <laughs> and it's <Yeah>. so dumb <laughs> it really is it really so I get my money's worth. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch this every chance I get because I spent like ten dollars on it. <laughs> you need to get your money's worth out of it before. So I've heard Google's on rough times, right? They might. It's, yeah, Google Play. Also, I have like a Roku TV. Who like, okay, my Roku TV, even on the remote, has a Google Play button. Yeah. But then, like, I don't know, midway through last year, they were like, ah, oh, so Google Play no longer works on your TV, and I'm like, but it's on the remote. It's I've got a button. <laughs> and what do I watch? No, I need, I bought stuff on this app. I need to watch this app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, it's not cool that we're all kind of at the mercy of, of tech like that, you know? So a hundred percent in favor of, of buying, buy as much physical media um, as you can possibly, possibly do. Heck um, yes. And try and buy it from like the local distributors who are doing it, who aren't Amazon. Yeah. and give money to maybe like you know vinegar syndrome or blue underground or 88 films or any severin give your money to like oh i should probably promote give your money to full moon features i'm in like three of their movies so i have to keep promoting them now. <laughs> <laughs> i say it begrudgingly I, but i love them <laughs> i'm sure they would love that read you just did <laughs> i guess oh, i guess <laughs> even though they're like the number one stuff i promote i'm like guys i'm always on full moon stuff like keep buying keep subscribing <laughs> well, the the small podcast that that'll be what what torpedoes them. Um, so, so I know that yes. you had you had said that you wanted to talk about other aspects of your career, um, and specifically being a woman in film and uh, especially in horror. So I wanted to 
I, I wish our listeners could see the finger pistols <laughs> to really yeah. appreciate. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of stuff and like being like, look at the shirt that I'm wearing and be like, oh, you guys can't <laughs> see what I'm doing. It's fine. It's it's theater of the mind. Yeah. <laughs> also, so I am COVID free. Sorry, I had to test myself again today. Still negative. There. <laughs> Congratulations. I like on that. I hang out with anybody and feel like a slight tickle. I'm like, nope, it's COVID. I have to test myself. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, I have two small children, and that has been the last three years. Yeah, just <laughs> like, being terrified. Of literally COVID. everything is is COVID and get ready. Um, yeah. So so let's so go from let's that. Let's talk about your career. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, being a woman in horror, I love it. And obviously, March was Women in Horror Month, so there was. You know, it's the one time of year when everyone's super psyched about women in horror and then April hits and everyone's like, you had your month. Yep. <laughs> Back to talking about dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's dudes in horror for the next 11 months. Exactly. Um, so that's why I'm always just pumping like, man, no, every month should be like, why is it just a month? We should be championing women in horror all the time. Mm-hmm. And like, I've said it before and like, I don't know if people agree with me or not or whatever. I feel that women in horror, like specifically like filmmakers, producers, screenwriters and stuff, I think they should be allowed the privilege to make garbage that doesn't work because I'm not going to name names, but there are certain men who pump out garbage after garbage, after garbage, after garbage, and they still keep getting all of these big contracts and big budgets and they keep getting to make their movies. Whereas like if a woman makes a bad film, they're like, well, we gave her a try. Yeah. And it's like, why aren't we allowed to make mistakes? Like why does everything that women have to make either have to be like amazing or, you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. And you have to like fight tooth and nail just to get like another shot at it. Yeah. So I feel like there's, I don't want to say I feel like there's, I just want there to be more, equality when it comes to screwing up <laughs> which is such I, a weird thing to say but like it's honest to god true and like women have to fight so hard to get their stuff made and to get their stuff seen and if it's not good then they're fighting extra hard to get a second chance where so many men just get you know contract after contract even if their stuff is like straight to video trash And I just want that to be a thing where like, if my movie sucks, I want the opportunity to do it again and not have to like scrape so hard for yeah. years to try and get that chance. Yeah. And I'm not saying women don't make amazing stuff. Like obviously women in horror have been making fantastic stuff. Have you seen Fresh? Mm-hmm. That shit's fucking good. And like the stylist, like Jill is an amazing filmmaker. And I know it took a lot for her to get that film off the ground it was originally like a very successful short and i'm very excited for what she's going to do next and it's just nice to see all these women doing so much and it would be nice to hear more about them throughout the year especially because during like women in hormone like i always talk about this because we obviously you're social media feeds get filled up with like, oh, women in horror this and uh, let's talk about this girl and this woman, this woman and this woman. And it's like, this is all so great. And I feel like I'm meeting all of these new women and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And then I have to wait another year to meet all of these new people who I didn't know before. And it's like, why can't we just champion them all year round? We're constantly championing dudes. Like let's, 
let's bring some women to the spotlight for a while. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree at all. So <laughs> any any follow up question, <laughs> like there's there's no there's no debate. You're 100 percent right. I mean, although this podcast it, would be way more interesting if you were like, um, excuse me, actually, <laughs> actually, let me explain to you why that's not correct. <laughs> No, I teach about oppression for a living. <laughs> I, oh, really? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I started this podcast a couple of years ago to create a space for uh, folks in, in higher ed who don't really get a ton of chances to talk about themselves and their careers and their scholarship to, to do so. Mm -hmm. um, that's, been, that's been me for the past few years. So now that I have, have started to shift my career away from maybe not away from uh, higher ed, but to like, I, I'm a screenwriter now and uh, an aspiring director. So uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, like, I, I mean, it's, it's interesting to me, like I'm trying to think about, I don't want to say this wrong. It's really interesting how horror more so than any other um, genre has been so good at drawing attention to a lot of different like social problems oh but God, yeah. still remains in some in in some ways in many ways um guilty as just the same sorts of of intentional or unintentional kind of oppressive behaviors as the rest of the industry yeah it's it's not great for that that's why we need more women more people of color more people from the lgbt community to really start sharing their mm -hmm. stories and getting their products made and out there so that we have more than just that kind of one voice that maybe isn't you know was great 30 years ago 20 years ago but maybe hasn't aged well yeah it hasn't aged well and and isn't isn't kind of as innovative right yeah. as 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 the genre demands yeah and also like speaking from solely a woman's point of view uh i'm not keen on the way most male writers write women mm -hmm. just because like you truly don't understand what we've gone through mm -hmm. and what most women have to go through on a day-to-day -day. and like you can all all these men can walk alone at night and not feel like something's bad's gonna happen to them but that's like a common fear in literally every single woman i know mm -hmm. So I would just much rather like if you're going to I'm not saying as a man, don't write about women or but like get a women writer involved and just make sure your language is correct. Make sure like what they're doing seems right. Like not that it's OK, it's definitely not horror, but like the scene in Queen's Gambit where her mental breakdown is her just like smoking and drinking, looking hot in her underwear. And it's like that's definitely not how women break down. I feel like you've <laughs> never seen a woman breaking down before. Like, oof, that's. It's like stop doing that don't do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh the the long history of of i mean not, and it's not just a horror thing either like you just said but of, of having women in film really be more uh like a prop almost and not a human being right um is is pretty shocking in in some ways and like i know like when you're thinking about um uh, we were talking about Women's History Month and, and Women Women Horror Month, right? Um, I I feel like so much of that is spent kind of celebrating mainstream 
like superstar actors who have been celebrated for decades, uh, which is not like at all a knock on them or their career or their contributions or no, anything. But it's not great. We're paving the way for us, but now yeah. we have new roads. But like, what's what's next? Like, who who is next? Who are the who are the the writers and and actors and filmmakers coming up now? Um, or a part of the next generation, like who's breaking in now that that is doing really wild and and radical and innovative stuff. Um, yeah, and like they do get spoken <laughs> about in like in March, and then it feels like the rest of the year I don't hear from them. Like yeah. she kind of stopped talking about them, and like I spoke, and it's true, like fucking pandemic, but not going to film festivals, you don't get to meet those people anymore, and yeah. like really like. I'm not knocking film festivals being online by any means. I think it's great. Keep your shit going. Keep it, keep it alive. It's just, I need to be in a theater and then I need to go to the bar afterwards and talk to everybody mm -hmm. at the bar and be like, oh, that film was so good. Oh, you were the writer. That's fucking awesome. Oh, you were the actor. Sweet. Let's talk about it. Like yeah. online and especially, and I'm the worst for this. If I'm at home watching something, then it's immediately like, this is really good. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. And I'm like, nope, I need to be in a theater. Otherwise, you will not have my full attention because we always have to be connected. Boom. Bring it right back around to my short film. <laughs> <laughs> always got to be on the socials being like, hashtag watching Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> While you're in the theater. <laughs> yeah, that's why I need to be in a theater. So I won't be like, ooh, okay, I can't have my phone out right now. Even like yeah, if I'm yeah. alone in the theater, which is usually when I tend to go like middle of the day on a Tuesday when no one else is there, I'm like, Still not going to be on my phone because it's rude. <laughs> Maria Munoz told me not to do it. <laughs> exactly. I obey her. She is my hair idol. <laughs> oh, I just, I had a question for you and I just, it just completely, it, it ran away. That's okay. I just um, like built my drink on myself. <laughs> just drinking my kombucha and just didn't. We really should re like release the video of this one. Yeah. <laughs> you... All the stuff that I'm just like doing and saying and like gesturing. Not surprisingly, the the filmmaker slash actor is is doing the most visual <laughs> interview I've ever done. <laughs> okay, this is completely off topic, but do you ever listen to the Conan O'Brien podcast? I haven't, but I, I did see. I saw the Paul Rudd. I was saying he just had Paul Rudd on it, and when you're listening to it and he does the Mac and me thing, you're like, this doesn't work on a podcast, <laughs> but I love that you committed to the bit. <laughs> I, I watched the video of it. I think I saw it on Twitter and just yeah. <laughs> Conan, the look on Conan's face when he realized what was happening. <laughs> like, bless your damn heart. <laughs> it was, that was just the, the commitment to that bit. It's like a 20 year bit and they're still doing it. I'm like here for it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, so uh, I guess in, in, to go back to the seriousness of it, um, in the spirit of, of shouting out folks who are doing new and up and coming stuff, like, uh, is there anybody that you want to, that you want to name drop for us that, that you think we should be, we should be looking out for? I always want to give a shout out to uh, this amazing French Canadian uh me should we host a podcast together but she's also a writer and filmmaker and she is mm -hmm. like insanely talented and she's making a new short film right now that i'm like super excited to see and she is like a heavy hitter um izzy lee who's out west like the american side of the out mm -hmm. west oh my god she told me where she lives too you know what that doesn't matter um 
she has her new short film meet friend going around to film festivals right now it's so good it's so weird all of her stuff is very creepy and unique and visceral like i'm very here for it i'm hoping that now that she's kind of done like she's in the states more now that she's making a feature because i would really like to see where she goes with that uh oh my god what are they mimi cave and lauren han who just wrote and directed fresh on disney plus uh that i think that was like their first film for kind of both of them and it's so fucking good i don't know if you've seen it yet but like i I also just asked that like 10 minutes ago but yeah i I haven't seen it yet but i will i i need new stuff to watch so oh yeah they're they're kicking just so much ass them uh who else am i like excited for axel caroline's doing a hell of a lot of stuff they just did some stuff for amazon prime uh the manor and they did some stuff with american horror story so they're definitely taking off a lot more now and i'm very psyched uh there's also some artists who are really good there's one called suspiria land you can find them on instagram they are a horror subgenre comic booky artist they're insanely talented uh i can i don't have their stuff around me to be like this is their stuff or do i no it's over here again this is a podcast <laughs> but like this is their night of the demons work we're, we're gonna we're gonna release the video of this too you might because i'm just like <laughs> running around like, oh, if it's God, if it's down. okay <laughs> with you we'll, we'll we'll cut out the video if you have a patreon be like you can just pay to see the video just include that's it in true it. i do have a patreon i always forget about it yeah yeah there yeah, you go yeah. just throw it up on the patreon be like if you want to <laughs> see all the weird shit that she does then here you go <laughs> um there's Gigi Saul Guerrero who I think just finished a film out in Mexico but she also did Bingo Hell and Culture Shock with the uh, Blumhouse uh super phenomenal super great person they're like Mexican Canadian and I love it uh Andrea Subasati who is the current editor of Rumorg magazine she's always championing women and promoting them any way that she can which is just so great and she has a podcast called the faculty of horror which is also super great that she hosts with alex west who is also another great writer and podcast host so really just any women if you follow my twitter feed you're gonna like see all the ladies <laughs> but also don't follow my twitter feed it is like <laughs> up and down roller coaster of emotions where you're like is she is she dead <laughs> And then the next day, I'm like, I just made this baller sandwich. Like, don't follow it. It's not. It's not a good place to be. <laughs> no, do follow Allie's Twitter feed. <laughs> um, I got nothing. I have no. I have no. I'm tapped out. Um, but you got to shout out some folks. So, and that's what that's what we're all about here, right? Is is trying to provide platforms and spaces for people um to to get their work out into the world um and kind of crack through all the noise right exactly and it's not just writers directors and actors like it's artists it's podcasters it's you know people working behind the scenes like everywhere i I would love to one day see a full set of just women yeah that'd be cool (laughs) i have nothing to follow that up but just like yeah that'd be pretty cool the look on your face is like you're clearly imagining how you're going to make that happen in my mind that i'm like you have to have one really tall girl because i'm only like five five so i can't reach a lot of stuff 
those crappy kids who like if i have to get to like my top shelf i'll like get a chair and then climb on the counter like a little like monkey just to like get stuff off the top shelf i live alone so it's fine <laughs> and on that we'll have you back on again so you can demonstrate your climbing skills that'll be the next oh that's the next one. It's just me climbing up on all my stuff because I'm too short to reach anything. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on to do this. Yes, th thank you for ha having me. For more on tenure tracks, please go to untenured.space to access our archives or go to patreon.com slash untenured to help support us.